Welcome to Health Unscripted, brought to you by The Cigna Group, a podcast featuring real, raw conversations with some of the most knowledgeable experts in the healthcare industry. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Health Unscripted podcast, what America's seniors can teach us about vitality. I'm Dr. Grant Tarbox, National Medical Executive over Medical Operations. I'm here with my boss, Dr. J.B. Sobel. Yes, hello. I'm J.B. Sobel. I'm the Chief Medical Officer for Cigna Healthcare's Medicare business and an emergency medicine physician by training. So to start it off, stereotypes and reality are often at odds, which is certainly the case with popular depictions of senior citizens having a decline in their quality of life. So, JB, to start things off, can you help explain what vitality is? Yes, absolutely, Grant. So I, I think we define vitality as the ability to pursue life on our terms. It really is composed of eight dimensions, which I'll list out because they impact all aspects of our life, financial, physical, emotional, social, intellectual, environmental, spiritual, and occupational. And together, all of those different dimensions create our overall outlook and how we engage in our own lives. Each of those dimensions can be pretty complex in and of themselves. How do we and why do we measure vitality? Well, last year, the Cigna Group partnered with international authority on vitality, psychologist Dr. Richard Ryan. We worked with him to develop a validated measure that we call the Evernorth Vitality Index. That index is supposed to be a measure of whole person health. Using that as a framework, surveyed 10,000 U.S. adults, including seniors in that group, to measure and better understand the vitality they had in their lives. And we looked at it from different lenses, such as age segments, gender, any kind of social determinants that would impact the way they engage in the healthcare system and in their lives, as well as ethnicity and other types of dimensions. And we compiled that together to get a very good picture of what adults look like at different stages in their life around this Evernorth Vitality Index. That data suggests that vitality is a catalyst for growth throughout our life. And when you consider vitality as a measure of how you live through your life in different times, it can help people achieve the healthiest versions of themselves. And that in turn inspires a ripple effect that can fuel more engagement with their families, their co-workers, their communities, and themselves. So again, this past June, we resurveyed 10,000 U.S. adults. And I just want to be clear, these are not people who necessarily have Cigna healthcare coverage. These are just adults who meet these demographics. Okay, so a really extensive survey. My question would be then, were you surprised by any of the findings on the senior vitality scores, and were there any unique conclusions that you feel stood out? Yes, absolutely. So I think that there's a lot of preconceived notions that as we age, our lives become less rich, more diminished. 
And what our data showed is that's absolutely not the case. And in fact, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the dimensions that I discussed a moment ago and how some seniors are actually leading in vitality scores over the other adults that we had measured that are under age 65. So we found that even ages 63 and 64 tend to have lower vitality than the late 60s. Our research also showed that the average vitality scores increase as older adults age further, reaching a peak at age 72, almost age 73, staying static through age 80 before you see some declines. Wow. Okay. That's, that, that's amazing. And I can certainly respect those higher vitality scores. My own, my own mom jumped out of a plane to celebrate her 77th birthday, and she plans to do it again next year when she turns 90. Now, that is not for me, at least not yet. Now, my, my own <laughs> vitality score may improve when I make that decision, but yeah, it's, that's pretty impressive that those groups are showing those numbers. That reminds me of a story as well around my dad, because my dad practiced his whole career as an orthodontist and had retired, and he's always followed his passion of photography throughout his life. He got ill with cancer, and following that, ended up uh, living in a assisted living, which people might think is a precursor to going to pasture. And my dad has actually thrived in that setting. Uh, within six months, he became the resident council president at the assisted living. He helps staff members and other residents there on a daily basis with a variety of different issues from how to hook up the printer to how can I get my daughter to decide to go to college. But one of the things that I think is most remarkable that I've seen is that he started doing photography shows with pictures he's taken throughout his life at the photographic society as well as at his assisted living. And people started asking him if his pictures were for sale. So he now has a thriving photography business selling the art that he's captured throughout his lifetime. And he's more invigorated than I've seen him probably at many points in his life. So again, this reinforces the fact that older adults don't have to be diminished or without hope or without opportunities to grow further. I think it's quite the contrary. I would agree. And that's a great story about your dad. And we do recognize that there's always going to be cohorts of each group that's facing struggles, but these overall vitality numbers for our seniors are, are truly surprising in, in a good way. So as we look more closely at those older than 65, why do you believe seniors have a higher vitality than their younger peers? If you look at seniors as an age segment, they've had a life of experiences which builds opportunities to develop resiliency. They've been through ups and downs financially, spiritually, emotionally, and physically, and they've learned how to deal with life's up and downs. And as they've done that, it gives them a better capacity to adapt to the changing world around them. Whereas those of us that aren't yet at that age are still learning a lot of those skills and habits. So one of the things we found is that seniors, believe it or not, are embracing healthier habits. They make it a practice to get primary care physicians. They visit their doctors. They follow their doctor's plans of care. 
they make physical activity a priority. We're all so busy, but you'll often see even at a mall, seniors out walking on a daily basis. And believe it or not, many seniors eat a much healthier balanced diet than the rest of the population because they take more time to plan out their meals. So some of the data we found from our 10,000 patient sample showed that 30% of them are exercising at least five hours per week. Um, and that's compared to 33% of all adults. And 44% of the seniors are eating at least a serving of fruit a day versus 35% of all adults. 56% say they get a good night's sleep compared to 45% of all adults. So these are just a few examples of how their healthier habits are building resiliency. If you look at social, a lot of preconceived notions exist that seniors are more socially isolated and lonely. But our data showed that only 38% of the population that we sampled was considered or considered themselves lonely versus 58% of all adults and 63% of non-seniors. So that's the underage 65 segment that we sampled. 62% of them make time for relationships that are important to them versus 49% of all adults. And 70% reported that they have people that they can trust when they need help versus 54% for all adults. So these are, again, additional examples how social interactions and networks are dispelling the myth about loneliness. And then finally, I'd like to talk about mental health and well-being. 12% of the population we sampled live with a diagnosis of clinical depression, which is in less than half the proportion we saw in all adults, which was 25%. And additionally, 52% are able to control how they react during a stressful period versus 43%, and 59% reported that they could manage their emotions in times of crisis, versus 45%. So I'm not going through all the domains that we mentioned earlier, Grant, but I think these are some key insights that are notions about what it's like to age and how seniors build resiliency is very different from the population that we sampled. Well, I'm still thinking about building resiliency by having a good night's sleep. So I'm envious <laughs> over that statistic. But I also reflecting on your comment of the seniors, they've been there, they can do that. So they know they can do it again, helps contribute to their vitality, their sense of being able to survive and do it again. That definitely has to play into it. But since you brought in the traditional clinical, let's kind of pivot to illness and chronic conditions. So as people age, they are more likely to have health concerns. And 98% of Americans, as we know, do have some form of health insurance coverage. Do you feel this enhances the vitality of our seniors? I do, because it helps them connect to their providers. So out of the population we sampled, close to 76% of them are primarily covered by Medicare. Remember, Medicare is an entitlement program. It's everyone over age 65 qualifies for Medicare. Of course, there's other provisions for disabled populations or kidney disease with people on dialysis. So in essence, almost 100% of the population that we sampled has some form of insurance coverage. In that population, 85% admitted to having at least one chronic health condition, 
51% suggested that they had three, and nearly four in 10 of them, uh, that's 39%, indicated a strong physical health. So that's five points higher than ages 50 to 64. Almost every senior in the survey said that they had an annual wellness checkup with their primary care physician. So that's a much lower number in younger adults where it's around 66%. Seniors on Medicare are even more likely to have gone and visited their doctor because there's a lot of focus on annual wellness exams and creating a care plan through Medicare. So both the doctors as well as if they're in a Medicare Advantage plan, are always encouraging annual wellness visits to try to plot out a plan of care for the year, ensure preventive services exist, and make sure that there aren't social barriers that prevent people from being compliant with their doctor's plan of care. For example, inability to get medicines. So those things are all addressed during annual wellness visits. I think that as you look at seniors and the difference between original Medicare and Medicare Advantage, we now find that more people that are Medicare eligible are selecting a Medicare Advantage plan than original Medicare to get their Medicare benefits. And that's because Medicare Advantage feels a lot more to the seniors, like the commercial insurance that they were used to throughout their uh, working years. It also provides them a lot of very meaningful supplemental benefits like hearing aids, vision coverage, dental coverage, and pharmacy benefits that are not available as part of the uh, original Medicare program. So this helps them not only get care, but build more meaningful relationships with their doctors and get the care they need when they need it. So we've talked about the finances of healthcare, but what about other financial concerns, do those, or I don't know, frankly, maybe the lack of them, contribute to the overall vitality among seniors? Yeah, it absolutely does. So to your earlier point and to some of the data that I shared, we do see that seniors have more chronic health conditions. More health conditions means likely more medicines, which has more cost impact. I think it's important to know that while seniors can have limited cash flow and in some cases be on a fixed income, they feel that they're in reasonable control of their finances. So many times they've planned for retirement, they control their costs, they understand the value of preventive services over waiting to get care when you're sick, and that creates the opportunity for them to get a sense of financial freedom which gives them autonomy and allows them to enjoy their life. So that autonomy carries over to the workplace. More than three in four people over age 65 are retired, but even the 24% still in the workforce report a greater sense of autonomy than younger people. So it's a life spent saving, planning for the future, understanding priorities for your budget, your personal budget, and where you need money to go that improves their vitality along that financial domain. So you've definitely gone over many domains and showing where seniors outscore the other cohorts. Knowing that, what do you think we can learn from seniors in terms of how to build and maintain our own vitality? 
I think that there's some core roots that improved vitality allows our seniors to do. Number one, it improves their sense of gratitude and optimism in their day-to-day lives. They build a resilience and have a sense of belonging, and they also try to enjoy their continued independence. All of those tend to build a greater sense of overall health and wellness. The communities they build further improve that sense of belonging and allow them to bounce back when they have times of stress or they need assistance. And independence, I think, is important that we call that out because it is more than just the ability to be on your own. It's the ability to do what interests you and enjoying a sense of choice and freedom. So I think throughout our adult lives, we're focused on family first, we're focused on our work, and we don't always get the ability to extend ourselves through choice to do things that really drive us. And the the seniors are really showing that as their independence. Like the example I gave you around my father with how he was approaching his lifelong hobby of photography to now it draws him in every day, not only to take additional pictures and create art, but to have people appreciate what he spent a lifetime doing as simply a hobby as kind of a second act, even though he didn't plan it that way. Yeah. Well, we didn't really touch on this other point either, but it has to do with retirement, right? The golden years in retirement. And in fact, we have a lot of our seniors that are staying in the workforce, not because they have to, but because they want to. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that people are working longer, not necessarily because they have to for financial reasons, but because they enjoy the work that they're doing and they enjoy the sense of giving back around them. So we do see that a quarter of the population continues to work into uh, what would be a full retirement age. And a lot of them do it because they want to mentor the next generation, they want to give back, and they want to share what they've spent a lifetime building and experiences and expertise. And they're truly enjoying what they're doing, which is the path we all want to follow. Anyway, well, thank you, JB, for discussing this important topic. It is clear that our seniors have a lot figured out, and I'm sure the audience found the research done by the Signa Group very enlightening. So thank you for going through all of those domains and each of the details piece by piece. I also want to thank our audience for tuning in to this episode of the Health Unscripted podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Health Unscripted brought to you by The Signa Group. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.